welcome to Authentic Sessions podcast. Um, today is part two of the self-love, of the journey to self-love um, episode with Tando. First of all, I want to say thank you all so much for all the love from last week. It, I really, really appreciate it. Tando and I really, really appreciate it. Um, last week, we ended off by speaking about habits, right? So today, we're going to pick up from there. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And I really um, appreciate all the um, good feedback. And also, if you do enjoy this episode, may you please leave a rating on Apple Music. I'm um, on Apple Podcasts, I mean, sorry. So yeah, enjoy part two and see you guys next week. How did picking up a new habit help me? Ooh, how did it help me? I think, first of all, it just gave me a sense of direction. Like I said, I knew I was going to be on a journey. I have an idea of a, of, of a vague destination. It might not be, it, but I have a vague idea. Mm. So every little habit is helping me to a certain goal. Yeah. It's helping me get closer to a part of myself. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be, I wanted to feel good in my body. Me working out, me eating better, me cutting out of alcohol, me doing all those things is going to make me get to that goal. I wanted to be mentally in a place. So every time I'm listening to a, a sermon on a Sunday, writing down my notes, praying regularly, listening to Dr. Tamar sessions, mm. you know, crying about things, doing the homework for those sessions, is, is shaping me to be at a better state, the state that I want to be. So it's more of a sense of direction. It's like taking a, every new habit is like a stepping stone. You're stepping, you're stepping, you're stepping, and you're hoping that with each step, it's going to take a place where you're like, okay, this feels good. I feel good to be in this body. I feel good to be myself. I feel happy that I'm this person. Because every habit, you laid a foundation for another bigger goal, another bigger stepping stone for yourself. Yeah. So it's never easy. And it's one of those, like, it's not easy, but it's worth it. And that's the question. Is it worth it? Yeah, that's so true. I can imagine like picking up a new habit requires a lot of discipline, <laughs> like a lot of discipline. So when on days you don't feel like, like you don't feel like exercising, you know, or you don't feel like I'm um, doing the homework that you got from the session. Like, what do you do? Like you have to like push yourself. Exactly. <laughs> I want to just like I don't do it. Like the thing is, if I'm going to have do something i'm not going to do it all because then i'm not going to gain anything from it so there's no point in me saying and then i'm doing five minutes on five minutes i'm doing then what is the point rather just not do it i think one thing i did is give yourself grace give yourself space sometimes it's just a bad day you just don't want to do it you just want to do it then don't do it but tomorrow again you have you know, you have to make up for the fact that on this day it's my day today, on this day I don't want to do anything, but tomorrow I definitely have to do it. I have to, and sometimes you might be in a bad, a bad funk. Like your week could just, you could just be having a bad, bad week. Yeah. You have to listen to your body. If your body's saying I don't want to do this with you, okay, then what other good things can I do for myself? The fact that I'm not working out, am I at least eating better? You know, am I at least not falling off? Don't fall off the rails completely. Don't let everything go because you're having a bad week. Yeah. Keep at least one good thing. So that next week when you start again to pick yourself up, 
you you're picking yourself up from point B, not point A. You know. Um, but I've always if you're having a bad day, a bad week, if you're having a bad nothing you can do about it. You know, it is what it is. It Through is your emotions. Yeah. Get sad about it, and then after that, you're like, okay, you said for a week, I'm done with it. Let's get back to normal. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey Tando, I've learned so much from you, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm learning so much. Wow. Okay, so you said that another another thing that you did was also you needed a spiritual awakening, right? How was that like? Did you ever feel like God was silent? Because I think that's one thing that I like struggle with is when um I just feel like God is silent. Like, okay, it feels like I'm just talking to someone who is not listening to me, you know? So how was that like? <laughs> You no, know, I will like, I still feel like God with me. I think he's he's either on leaf or he's on or he's like he's on voice note, but my messages they're getting there. No answer. I won't lie. I still haven't gotten my phones. <laughs> so I completely relate. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, guys, I was just like God could come down just for a day and just put me through my life purpose. I would be so grateful. Yeah. Um, spiritual awakening. You know, some people tell you, "Oh, God came to me, and the spirit was in me, and I just felt the difference." Yo, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't have that. Um, yes, <laughs> it was a conscious decision. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't have not come to me one day. It was a conscious decision of like, this part of your life is very weak. This relationship in your life is very, very weak. You only come to it when you're either very desperate, when you're very sad, then you wanna. Feel, God, please help me. But when you were okay, you weren't being understanding. Hmm. So I was like, okay, I want to come back to God. But I'm very aware that I also feel like He's failed me. You know, yeah. I also feel like He has an Like He's left me to 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 like go to the wolves to be eaten up alive. Yeah. So how do I come back to somebody I feel has left me and come back with you again? With any relationship, you have to speak how somebody has hurt you in order to move forward. Oh, and yes. that's what I started off. I was like, yo, God, I feel like you left me doing A, B, and C. I feel like when I needed you the most here, you went there. When I needed you, I, that, that's how I speak to God. I'm like, it's, a, it's an honest relationship. He already knows that you're thinking. He already knows yeah, your heart. That's so so there's no point in me smiling when I know I'm, I've been crying the whole day. So was that it was like okay i'm gonna be honest like i don't want to pray to you i'm very angry at you and that was my prayer i would speak about that on my heart cry about it the next day repeat the next day repeat and i think about two months ago the prayer started changing it became more of okay now of my role in that situation I don't appreciate you though for leaving me hanging, but I'm aware <laughs> that I got to differently. I just I still wish you just came to me. No, exactly. that. But you left me hanging. <laughs> but because the, the work with the Dr. Tamer sessions, it is helping me with the spiritual part of it. Because I was aware of what I was doing to get myself in situations. Yeah. Because even if I was like to say, don't go there, but you want to go there, then I have to let go, you know? 
Yes, you're gonna yeah. have to go there, get the experience, come back and be like, yo, I should. And that was that was where I was going now. Have I had my spiritual awakening? No, I haven't. And I am I at a better place spiritually? Definitely, you know. My prayers are now filled with more gratitude than they were a year ago. Oh yeah. I still have you know, I still have days where I'm like, I don't wanna pray. And on those days I don't pray. I'm not gonna I don't pray. I'm not gonna force myself because I'm just like you're being a fraud. Like God knows you. I'm just like you're being a fraud. You are you praying, but God is like, bruh, I know you don't want to be here. You're wasting my time, you're wasting your time. You're <laughs> come back tomorrow. Just keep, keep quiet, come back tomorrow. You want to talk to me. Yeah. And that's it. Like, don't treat prayer as a prison sentence. Don't treat spiritual time as a prison sentence. Don't do that. If I don't do this, it's going to make you go. Yeah, because that was. God, God is in relationship. He wants to be with it. He wants you to get to know him. He wants to get to know you. And just like you have a friendship or you start dating, you want to you you are intrigued about somebody else. You want to know what makes you happy, what makes you sick, what makes you angry. It's the exact same way. So if you don't want to speak to somebody that you don't like anymore, you're not gonna force yourself for what? Exactly. What do yeah. you benefit from that? You benefit from it. And if you're going to leave the one place you have to be yourself, feeling less like yourself, then why do it? Mm-hmm. Why do it? Like, it's like with the new habit, if it doesn't make me feel good, I'm just not going to do it. Mm-hmm. That's, so, that's what I'm like, so my spiritual time has now become listening to sermons. So there's certain pastors I love listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'm just I just listen to them in the background. I'm like, okay, I've got your word, God. I might pray on it, I might not pray on it, but I hear you. Thank you for the message. Yeah. Going. And when I'm in a good space or in a better space, then I always go back to that. I'm like, oh, you remember that they didn't come pray? It's because I was going through A, B, and C, and this is how I felt about it. But I'm hoping now that I come to you with it, you can help me possible. So yeah, that's that's my spiritual journey that's still going on. So hard. I I I love that. So I mean, because it involves you having like completely raw conversations with him. Because I also have those things times when like I'm thinking certain things, right? But when I pray, I don't want to say them out loud. But I'm like, but he knows what you're thinking anyway, so might as well say it out loud, you know? Because <laughs> you he, he already knows that I'm thinking that, and it's in my heart as well. So. Why not say it out loud too? And it actually it actually really helps because I, I realized that like every other relationship, right? We need to be completely raw and honest. We need to be vulnerable with the other person. It's the same thing with God as well. We need to be very, very raw. Like you need to strip yourself bare, <laughs> like your blog. Like you need to strip yourself bare and let the other person see, see you. And that's, that's exactly how God works. I think the moment where you you start to be vulnerable with him and actually say what you feel things change and that's how i think that's how like your prayers started changing as well because now you said that it's more like a gratitude you know? yeah so i think that's the scary part is you can't lie to him and that's scary like you can you can lie to other people but the minute you are sitting by prayer you know you can't lie and that means you actually face up yourself and that's that's the most serious part is realizing i was actually the it's, it's a person in the situation i was the one who was the real problem i am the real problem. It's, 
it's a very scary realization to have. And that's why it's so easy for us to run away from spiritual time. Because I'm telling me to be honest with myself. Uh, okay, not <laughs> but, yeah. I'm gonna move tomorrow to know with my with my pretty face and my cute outfit. Me speaking the truth to myself, I don't have the energy today. Exactly. And that's how that's how we delay it. But yeah. You yeah. put it on, you put it right. That's amazing. Yeah. So why do you think it's so hard for us ladies, especially us, right? To actually love ourselves the way we are. You know what? I wrote a huge speech for you. I don't <laughs> okay, know if let's I... hear this. <laughs> I can't wait to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> Um, my first thought was like, okay, so I I have two twin nieces, right? They're about four years old. Mm-hmm. Big girls, right? So I look at how how the world has perception perceptions of them already. As a girl, how does your look? How how do you dress them? Do they act ladylike enough? Like, do they close their legs when they sit? They run around like like boys in exactly, and I'm just like it's so crazy how at four years old we're really thinking about your hair is not combed. It's a child for goodness sake. Does it matter? It doesn't you know, matter. Does it really matter? Hmm. If you got it's not. But think about yourself. Like when you were probably a child, you knew if my hair didn't look nice, it's not going to feel good. If I'm not wearing a certain outfit, I'm not going to feel cute. If I don't present myself a certain way, I'm gonna be looked at differently. Yeah. So, already has put so much on you that by the time you hit your mid twenties, you have to unlearn twenty odd years yeah. of constant from your family, your friends, your school teachers. Your and now you think you think like that. You think, oh, if my hair doesn't look good, nobody. You think you think like, that, but do you really think like that? Like, does it really matter to you that much? And I sometimes do it as well. Like when I see somebody on social media post a picture, I'm just like, really have a picture? Like, girl, your hair don't look like this. Your hair like this. Why am I so quick to bash somebody else? Even yeah. if it's just in my mind. Like, look at the fault of somebody else. If that person is happy, content with themselves, and it's literally not causing any harm to me, why am I so worried about it? Exactly. Oh, so yeah. to answer, it's years of conditioning. It's not us. It's not innately. I'm sitting here thinking I'm not pretty. I'm sitting here thinking not. I'm sitting here thinking I'm getting so much weight in lockdown. I'm the world is gonna hate me. It's more of it's really what are what is somebody else saying to me? Mm. How is the world perceiving me? And those thoughts are so ingrained in us that it takes so much to unlearn certain things because it's not your fault, it's somebody else's fault. Yeah. So for us, I would love for us to live in a world where, especially black women, where when I see you, I'm like, you know, girl, I got you. What do you need? You know, what do I want for you to have? Yeah. But then, um, by two other amazing black women, and they said, that as black women, we tend to want to go on the sisterhood tangent versus sometimes realizing that some people are just not good people. Yeah, that's so true. So now, so now, like, are you a good person? Okay. And if you're a black woman, that's an extra hundred bonus points for you. I'm on your team. I'm 
for you, I've got you. Mm. Uh, because there's so many as they just do things it's like that's why would you do that? It's so unkind. That's not a nice thing to do. But because you're a black woman, it's like ah, they still want to support you. Like, why did you have to go and do that? You know? <laughs> yeah. So it's the condition. It's literally the world conditioning you. It's not that you woke up thinking ah, bruh, I'm not good enough. The exactly. world has taught you to lose yourself this whole time. To unlearn that is gonna take so many years of unlearning. Yeah. And it's even other girls, young girls, how we interact with our nieces, our cousins, anybody else. And we're just like, hey, it's some of our Muslims. Like, why? Like, why? why? Yeah. Because when you look at boy kids, nobody gave them two hints about their hair not being cold. Exactly. Can we get a haircut or not? If it's not, I'd keep it moving. Why? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you pushing them as much as taking for me to go do my hair? Why are you not pushing for them to be like domestic and be pushing for me to go do the dishes? Like, and I would hope that with, with us, we have those conversations and start changing it. Because if one day we're to be parents, I wouldn't want your kids to ever feel like they have the right to speak to my kids in a certain way. Yeah. I would want it to be respective, equal, as equal as possible can be environment for both boys and girls. You know? Yeah. A teenager, now you're getting sexualized. Now your body isn't yours. It's what exactly. a boy's body is. What who do we think about your body? You never get a chance to just explore yourself without the world infringing itself on you. And it's so unfortunate. You know, it's so unfortunate that boys have a chance to explore themselves freely for a long time before the world is like, oh, you look good now. You know, you're a man now. For you, by 12, 13, or started having a period. You are now described as a young woman. Why? Like, Why? Yeah. Hold up. I just got this thing. I don't know what it means to do. Let me just understand my body before you give me titles I never signed up for. Hmm. So, it's a conversation we can have for forever, but it's essentially how the essentially how a patriarchal world still is in our household, is still in our workplaces, is still at our schools. And it's also about getting women to realize that the ideas of men are still in our minds. Yeah. The ideas of how traditional social society is still black household. You know, that's the thing. That's why I wanted to have the job. In a black household, you know there's certain things you can and cannot do mm. as a black girl. And if you speak to other women of races, it's just like, you can't do that. Exactly. <laughs> It's weird, right? <laughs> Only my black girls are cooperating the story. Exactly. That's why I wanted to have the block for black. I'm like, only black women listen things. Only black women can understand when I mean a black man is making me feel uncomfortable. Exactly. Yeah. by men at every corner or. I am, and I'm not free to do anything. What do you mean? Like, even with guys, I can't leave my house at 12 o'clock. And like, what do you mean, an adult? I'm sorry, I'm living in this house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hmm. It's, it's, condition- it's like we, we can only sometimes think about what we are going through because we understand it better. Everybody else is just that. I mean, you're an adult, you can do things. It's just like, no, no, it doesn't hmm. work like that. 
So I I don't know. It's gonna take a lot a lot for us to get to a point of taking ideas that are not ours and seeing them for what they are. Mm, yeah, I agree. I agree. Any thoughts on how we can do that? <laughs> I think we've got brothers, uncle, cousins. You know, I I. I have a little sister, right? She's, um, I have two, right? But the one is a teenager, so she already knows these things, right? But then the other one is um, 10. She's turning 11 this year. And I try, like, I, like, I try my best, right, to make my voice amplified in her life. What I mean by that is that I need my, me telling her that she's beautiful, she's worthy, she's worthy of love, right? She needs to hear my voice louder than the voices of the world, right? Obviously, it's going to be a bit hard because she's still in school. She still has, what, like another, what, eight, nine years to go through of school. And there are going to be days where the voices of the world will be, will be louder than my voices. But I need her to understand that it doesn't matter what A, B, or C said at school or wherever, right? I know for a fact that at home, my sister told me that, I am worthy and I am loved and every part of me is beautiful, right? So I think I think number one is that I think the problem is that many of us didn't actually get the validation from home where it's supposed to come from. And when that happens, the voices of the people outside essentially become louder. Because I've realized that you I realized that you like there are some people that I grew up with, right? Who had parents who would give them affirmations and validations, right? And then when they went to the outside world, and whenever people outside would tell them something, it would come in one ear and get out of the other ear because they know that okay, no, but at home I wasn't told that. So who are you? You don't even know me. So the people who know me well told me this. So why does your opinion have to stick with me when you don't know me? You know, so that's, I think that's what I'm trying to do right now. Like trying to tell my sister that, okay, listen, eh, the person that knows you the most right now is me and your family. They don't know you. So the opinions mean basically zero, zilch, right? And people are going to have opinions of you. It doesn't matter. It's life, right? That's the, that's the sad thing about life as you get old is that people will always have an opinion of you, right? Like some, it's, it's just life, right? So, so that's what I think. I think what we can do right now is that we can affirm these young, the young girls, right? And also even as older people, right? We need to get to the point of unlearning, like you said, and unlearning involves us like, you can seek therapy. You can listen to podcasts that speak about these things. There's like many podcasts that speak about them. YouTube channels journal like do what you did in the beginning where you would write down all the things that you like that, that people said about you and tear that page out and then write all the things that you do like about you you know so yeah that's what I think I think it's it's a hey the society is messed up <laughs> I'm very glad that you you are becoming the sounding board for your sister because when the world is very cruel, it's nice to know there's somebody who's still very kind and loving and caring of you. And even a four-year-old, when they do something, they say, that, oh, you're so smart, or you're so pretty, or the words of affirmation to make them feel like you don't have to go out there. You're hearing those words in this home. You know, you are loved, you are cared, you're shown affection, you're shown all these things. Because the minute, like you said, the world comes in, it's going to be them having to fight the outside world 
this is the home that they know is full of love and full of care. We can only hope for better, I guess. We can. That's all we can do at this point. <laughs> hope is all we have. Okay, so the last thing is, what advice do you have for anyone out there who's struggling with low self-esteem and self-hate? Oh, what advice do I have? Yes. I think the only true advice I have is you have to get to a point of being kind to yourself. Mm. You really have to get to a point like, you know what, when I step out of this I know I can be with a lot of issues. When I go on social media and I post a picture of myself or my opinion, I know that there's somebody ready to just come for me. Mm, yeah. But I want to have that same type of attitude, that same type of hate toward myself. The the reason you have to be kind to yourself is you're going to make mistakes. Like yeah. just like, oh my God, that and I hate myself for it. And it's so good to go to hate. But you have to sometimes look at the context of why you did that, why you mm. made that choice. And that more compassion for yourself, grace for your actions. It doesn't excuse what you've done, but it makes it easier to be like, okay, I did that, I messed up, I can do better, I can move forward. When you do really good, be the first person to say to yourself, well done. Like, congratulations, you've done this for yourself. When you wake up in a good mood, Take that good mood and write down, you know what? It is a great day. You're going to have a great time today. You're going to show up in the world exactly. And when you are kind to yourself, nobody can take that away from you. Like a kind person will be kind to themselves and to others. Yeah. You're going to be able to take to somebody else's struggles. People will be quicker to support you because when you give people kindness, they give that to you back when you don't have that for yourself. Yeah. And that's so true. Have a good support system, the kind of friends you keep around, the kind of family you know, the words that they say to you. If you are changing and your friends or your family don't see that you're changing, you need to speak up and be like, That's not who I am anymore. Yeah. Because you're taking me back to a space that I'm trying to really leave behind. And I need you to recognize that this is the path I'm taking. And once you just try to do those two things daily, look who you surround yourself with and look how you keep yourself every day, slowly but surely, you'll get to a better space yourself. It might not be completely gone with self knows, but you might like yourself a bit every day. Yeah. You might treat yourself every day. And that's all you want. Every single day, are you treating yourself better? You know, are you showing up for yourself better? And yeah. And hope and hope for the best, man. Like have that thing. You know, you know you look at yourself like I, I did this exercise. Sorry, my last point. I did this exercise called the rebrand. Mm-hmm. And it's literally page of how I see myself. Like the, the person I see myself when I was 18, before the world came into my mind, 18-year-old was excited about the world, who didn't have life's hang up down and it's like no how would Tanya look like if she was healthy if she was mentally good mm-hmm. what kind of things would she who should who would she be I wrote down all those things even like the crazy thing that I could be a billionaire I could be on a private island <laughs> yeah. crazy big ideas I wrote them down from even how I 
could I dress like if I had all the money to just dress how I wanted? Mm. And that me writing down what an idealistic version of myself looks like is my motivation to be like, I can actually be half of these things, you know? Yeah. I, I can actually that. be very healthy. I can, I might not have the money to dress up in, you know, in designer way, but I can replicate those same outfits with Mr. Price, for example, good. Yeah. So it was about taking what my idea and meeting myself where I am because there's a there's a part of you that looks at the fact that I could have been A, B, and C at I'm 27 now. But 27, I wanted to have certain things in my life. They're not there. I'm not married. I'm not in an apartment. I don't have a stable job. I don't have all these things, right? Yeah. But that doesn't mean it's over. Hmm. That doesn't mean if you're still here, there's still a day to do something to get to your destination, whatever the destination is. No, I speak. But anyway. Yeah, um, I love it. I, I've I've learned so much, you know. <laughs> have a good support system and do that exercise. Like write down your view, like re, write down the rebrand of Milano. Write it down. Write down everything that looks like how you wish it would be like from your home to your wardrobe to your personality to your know, every single thing. Write it down and look at it and just be like, oh, this is what I would love to be like. Hmm, let's work towards that. The only thing that's going to happen is you're not going to get what you want, and that's okay. And then you keep moving. But yeah. That's, that's it for me. I love that. Thank Ooh. you so much. That was amazing. I, <laughs> you know, I, you know, like the one thing that I had, like the vision that I had for this uh, podcast was that when someone is done listening to this, they have learned something or they are moved in some way, right? And I am being moved by what you're saying right now. <laughs> like I've learned so much right now. And like, even cause I mean, when, like, like I said in the beginning, like I've, I come from a place where I used to hate myself so much, right? And the hour that we spoke right now, I like, I've learned a lot of things that I really want to implement right now. Like I'm actually staring at my journal right now thinking, okay, me and my journal are going to have a lot of fun together <laughs> tonight and the, in the next couple of days, because you've actually given us such insightful like tools and tips that we can like help us to like, help us love ourselves, you know, cause it's such, because I think loving ourselves is such a difficult thing to do. You know, it's, it's really, it's, it's hard. It's very, very hard. Like it, it sounds nice in theory, but actually doing it is very difficult. And I think you broke it down in such an amazing way that, yeah. Like, <laughs> so thank you for that. Thank you so, so much. And even thank you so much for joining me. I mean, I just emailed you out of nowhere. <laughs> I was so excited. I was like, finally. Because I talk a lot, but I was very worried. I'm like, I talk so much. Like, it's, I'm very glad. It's amazing. I'm, I'm glad. Like, I'm so glad too, because I, like, I'm in awe right now. So thank you so much for, like, for joining us, for, well, for joining me. <laughs> yeah, so thank you for that. I've, um, yeah. See, this, this is why each person needs a journal, so that when they hear things like this, they need to write them down. <laughs> so, yeah. Scribble, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you so much, Tando.